0: Hello, welcome to the Camden Fringe pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena, And welcome to Camden Fringe Pod episode 5. Ooh. We did have a guest lined up for today, um, but they were unable to make it. So we've recorded a episode about budgeting.
1: Which might not be the most entertaining thing that's ever happened to you, but it might be useful.
0: We're trying our best to be useful. So um, listen in. We'll also talk about some more shows that are coming up and Pigeons.
1: Pigeons we have known and pigeons we have created.
0: Budgeting.
1: Budgeting.
0: Think of us as your theatrical... Martin Lewis, money-saving experts.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've always we've always managed to run the festival on a shoestring, yeah. so we probably are quite wise when it comes to this kind of thing. We're
0: quite good at doing stuff for very little money.
1: Yeah, we're not probably not very good at doing stuff for a lot of money. No, we're not hustlers. That's not our expertise. So, so when you are going to put on a show, you need to think about your income versus your expenditure. Like you would with anything in life when you're, you know, when you think about your gas bill. Can I can I put the heating on? Oh, no, I can't because I can't afford to. So it's that kind of thing. It's like, do I want a gold suit for my Camden Pin show? Yes, I do. Do I have the income to be able to afford the gold suit? No, I don't.
0: You could try and borrow one from Martin Fry of ABC. He's probably got quite a few he might be
1: open to it what you want to do is um make yourselves a little spreadsheet if you can or you could do it in a pocket book if you're so inclined and make some columns and actually think about your income versus your expenditure
0: okay so expenditure wise i'm going to i'm going to name some things that i think you're going to have to spend some money on first one camden fringe registration fee 99 pounds mm mm-hmm. You can you can up your budget there if you want and spend more money and be included in our optional brochure. But ninety nine pounds is your your bog standard basic rate. It'll do the job for you. Mm-hmm. Um, your venue you are probably going to have to pay for a venue.
1: Yeah, most likely. It's it's possible you, you might, if you have a little troll around Camden, you might be able to find a venue that's happy to let you have a very basic room for free.
0: You could go to any pub around Camden area, see if they've got a function room, they might let you have it. And, you know, as long as you're not wanting whistles and bells and lights.
1: Lights, bells. sound, or anyone to help you. <laughs> then...
0: You can do it, then but you, you can hustle those things up.
1: In the outgoings, things to think about cost of your venue, Camden Fringe registration. We also take a commission on ticket sales. So that's something that you need to remember to knock off in your budget, which is 6% of a tax. You don't pay sales. any of that
0: until you've sold some tickets?
1: No. The venue that you book into, they might also take a commission from your ticket sales. Depends on each venue, they all charge different amounts technician if you're
0: a show that's going to need someone turning your lights on and off someone operating your sound
1: so it might be that you don't need a technician if you're just doing stand-up it might be a case of getting someone to just make sure there's a microphone there for you but if you've got lots of cues and lighting changes then you will need someone to do that for you Uh, props
0: so if you're buying costumes if you're buying props that's obviously something that will cost money yeah Um, I was thinking about your technician, there's Mm -hmm. also PRS to consider, Mm -hmm. um, which is Performing Rights Society. So if you're using published music, you will have to pay to use that music. It's not free. Yeah, um, That usually comes through the venue.
1: Through the venue, or but but check with your venue what is included in their existing license and what isn't. So if you're just using a little bit of playing music for when you walk on the stage, that might well be included in what they already pay for. But it may be that you need to fill out a form and pay for specific tracks that you've used.
0: Flyers and posters. Flyers and posters are not something you have to have. No. Um, And it's something that you can spend a lot of money on. Or something that you could not spend that much money on. Um, there's definitely lots of free software that you can use to create flyers and posters Mm -hmm. you don't need to pay a designer to do it you don't need a photographer to take your photographs camera phones now are such good quality as long as you've got kind of you know an interesting setup some nice lighting it will be beautiful
1: yeah definitely flyers and posters people used to make up like create an awful lot didn't they and that's definitely reduced over time hasn't it
0: yeah i think environmentally we all know that having millions of flyers and posters created for a few shows is not a great idea. If you want to have a few posters around the venue because it looks nice, it might sell you some more tickets, then you can just have a few printed out.
1: You don't need boxes and boxes of things, that's for sure.
0: Digital marketing. So yeah, you could pay for um, advertising through social media sites. But again, that's something, if you can get your friends to share things, you can do that for free.
1: Yeah, especially if there's if you've got a large cast.
0: If The more people in, involved in your show, the more you can spread the word via social media. Make you sure should... everybody's active
1: make sure yeah make sure that everybody sees it as their responsibility to push with that kind of thing accommodation yeah i mean a lot a lot of a lot of performers will be london based anyway if you're not certainly that's something you're going to have to put into your budget
0: or travel if you're in the suburbs
1: possibly parking costs if you need to do that yeah you should check with the venue if there's parking available especially if you need to go and like drop off large sets and then remove large sets and things like that so it's all stuff to think about way in advance you might not need all these things but if you think about it in advance then there's no horrible surprises when you come to do your show.
0: So you've um you've helped me spend a lot of money there, Zena. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make this back? How am I going to make this back?
1: You'll be lucky if you make it back, depending on how much you've spent. But this is why it's important to make a budget because you have to do the income and the outgoing. The, the trick is to try and make it balanced so that you're ideally making a little bit of money if you can, but certainly not losing money. I think it's fair to say that not many people make a lot of money from doing fringe shows. The income, primarily, the, the main one is your ticket sale. So, you need to think about how many seats there are in the venue, how many tickets you realistically think you'll be able to flog over the amount of dates that you're doing, and then use the budget to work out how much you're going to have to charge for a ticket in order to make things balance as best as you can possibly imagine. If you're doing one show and you think I can definitely get 40 people in, my outgoings are going to be £400, then I'm going to have to charge £10 a ticket, and that way it's all gone balance at the end of the day.
0: Do you think people are cost sensitive about tickets?
1: Definitely definitely they are but not so much that we get a lot of people asking us during the festival say they might have a a ticket for sale at £8.50 and they'll email us saying oh can we do a special offer to knock off a pound. I don't think that will make a huge difference as to whether or not you go into a show. But it's
0: worth thinking about what your show is worth if you have got a basic room in a venue with no lights no sound and you're doing a stand-up show or a spoken word show is that going to be worth £20 of anyone's money? Possibly not you probably want to be looking at more the £5 end of tickets Um, but if you're doing an opera with a cast in a large of venue with lights, sound. Yeah, a big sets, lots of costumes, then that's definitely worth £20. Try and make your tickets reasonable. I think setting them at a reasonable price in the first instance is better than discounting them at the last minute.
1: And you'll see when you put your ticket prices into Eventotron that there's the option to add a concessionary price, which we would always suggest that you do. Other forms of income that you should think about is, can you get funding? You could try applying for Arts Council funding beforehand. You could look at crowdfunding. If you want to try and raise £500 in advance and maybe do a big crowdfunder with the rest of your company, and that might be a form of income that you can put towards your show budget. And even if you you raise a couple of hundred pounds, that's a nice big wedge towards uh, putting a fringe show on. Absolutely, and you can offer incentives to people
0: in um, exchange for their money so you know thank you in the program discounted
1: tickets something like that yep um donations if you've got a website you, you know you might be able to get some donations does that um ko as well buy me a coffee ko that's that's a good thing isn't it a lot of people who make um yeah who do content, content on twitter they'll if they have make a video and it's gone viral they'll then say buy me a coffee and i think a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, think, yeah, just a few quid here and there, all helps. You could also look at sponsorship, sponsorship in kind. So if, for example, you're doing a show about tea and how great tea is, you could mm-hmm. see if um, Twinings or Bird and Blend or PG Tips or mm-hmm. another tea bag company would like to... Give you some tea. Give you some tea or, you know, maybe a bit of money or but probably some free tea.
1: Probably some tea, because that's easy for... And then they'd have their name in the programme. If you're looking at props and you need a sofa, maybe you could go to a sofa shop and say, can we borrow a sofa from you and we'll call our play The Sofa or Benson's for Beds Play? (laughs) (laughs) There's all all sorts of little things that you can do, but the main thing, I think, really just spend some time thinking about it all in advance. Because I think a lot of people just don't actually ever make a budget, just kind of let things flow out and have absolutely no idea what they're spending on things.
0: Good lesson for life there. And for fringe shows. And for
1: fringe shows. Um, I'm sorry that that was probably quite boring, but important. Shall we talk about additional shows?
0: A new one we have Mm -hmm. is Millennial Bug by Phil Green. Mm -hmm. Um, He's done the Camden Fringe a few times before. This is a new show with a subtitle, The Unbearable Weight of Social Expectation.
1: Stefano Paolini. He's done the Fringe a few times. He he? has.
0: Lasting Impressions. He's an impressionist. Stefano Paolini was a finalist in Britain's Got Talent last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so you may have seen him on the toy. Matt Green, another Green, but not related to Phil Green. Um, he's done Cam many times before and will mm. definitely be a future guest for us. He's doing a work in progress called That Guy. You might know him as That Guy who does a lot of viral videos on Twitter. Satire.
1: James O'Brien is a big fan of him now. He keeps retweeting him.
0: And you're a big fan of James and O'Brien. I'm a big
1: fan of James O'Brien.
0: There's a play called, wait for it. Do you remember that this is the play I was telling you about? Um, which will be on from the 11th to the 14th of August at the Hen and Chickens. I'm not really sure what this one's about, but it sounds like an exciting collaboration between um, an actor and clown, a performance artist and a ballroom and Latin dancer. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Yeah,
1: I like the sound of that. It sounds very pringy. Oh, we've seen our new pigeon today for the first time. Yeah, we've got our first iteration of the artwork for
0: 2023, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's
1: yeah, it's it's more than our wildest dreams.
0: So we could talk about pigeons.
1: Yeah, we could talk about pigeons. I've had quite a lot of live pigeons in my life, especially over the last five years. Me and Meredith keep finding them.
0: I've only had two live pigeons. One came down my chimney and another one... Was It was a baby pigeon that fell onto a roof and was being circled by cats. So that one got picked up by the RSPCA. The mm. one that came down the chimney was just fine.
1: And did you just pop him outside? Yeah. yeah. Meredith, talk, what do you remember the pigeon that we found by yep. co-op? Yep. We, we we tried to save it, but it it died. And then what did you do after it had died? We put it out for the foxes. <laughs> well, before that you... You drew it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I drew it. You drew it and then we put it out for the fox. Yeah. Yeah. And but also Ponyo. We looked after Ponyo for a few weeks and we thought it was a normal pigeon and we were trying to feed it worms. But then we realised it was a wood pigeon and we fed it cereal. right. Yeah. And then we took it to a bird sanctuary, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Where it grew into a very happy, plump, wood pigeon <laughs> and flew away. there was that, do you remember, oh, you weren't there, there was a, I went to the Etcetera when I was working there, I was walking down Camden High Street, there was a blue tit on the pavement. Oh, I do remember the blue tit. I almost stepped over it, and then I thought, oh, that's a bit weird, it's going to get stepped on, so I I picked it up and it just hopped onto my finger, and I walked through the pub with it on my, balanced on my finger, up the stairs into the office, it sat next to my computer, um, and it spent... Most of the day with me, and then I let it out through the fire escape, and it just flew off. So there's nothing wrong with it, but it was very friendly indeed. It might
0: have just flown into a window and been a bit stunned or something, just needed no. a bit of recovery time. No,
1: no, no, it just really liked me. Just
0: wanted to hang out with you. Yeah, it was doing work experience.
1: Yeah, um,
0: so when I said we should talk about pigeons, what I meant was talk about
1: was <laughs> it not that it's nice. not pigeons I have known. <laughs>
0: Why why do we have pigeons? What's the significance of the pigeons? Why do we keep to, why do we keep talking about pigeons all the time? Oh
1: well, somebody told us a long time ago. Do you remember? There's a lady who came to the office when we were working at the Etc and told us that we should have a brand, and we were like, don't know what you mean, and she's and then she said you need to kind of think of a think of a thing, and that should be your thing, and then you you be that thing every year. And and we were like, oh, well, we both like pigeons and there's lots of pigeons in Camden. That's what happened. You, you're looking at me like you don't believe me, but it definitely happened. <laughs> I
0: definitely don't believe you.
1: What do you mean you definitely don't believe me? What, who is this lady? A lady came to talk. Who is the lady? I, I don't, someone who'd emailed us thinking that she could make some money from us, not realising that she could never make any money from <laughs> us. And she came to our office to talk about branding. I think she was hoping that she would be able to make branding for us and that we'd pay her. But what she realised after talking to us was that we had no money and, it, you know, it, she was talking to a dead end. But what we did get from her was some information about what... what It was the first time we'd ever thought about it. So what's been your... what's
0: not including the one that's coming up this year, mm-hmm. which I think probably is both of our favourites because mm-hmm. it's new and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. What's been your favourite pigeon that we've had over the years?
1: Probably probably the original punk one. The punk pigeon. Yeah, I think. That I was don't...
0: nice. It was a pigeon with a mohawk against a pink background.
1: Mm-hmm. I liked, um, I liked the, the, was it 2014 or 16 when we had one that was like a Victorian...
0: That was, I think that was 2017, I think, and it was like, it was based on The Favourite. It was like, it was supposed to be an Olivia Colman pigeon in The <laughs> Favourite. That's the idea from it. I don't think it necessarily translated. Mm. I really liked the David Bowie one, 2016.
1: Remind me what that looked like. I've got it, it was a front no on, memory. it was a close
0: up of a pigeon's head. Yeah. And it had the Ziggy Sardust oh, yeah, on it. yeah, It was nice. Yeah, that was nice. We've never done an Amy Winehouse pigeon. We always felt it was too soon.
1: Yeah, and a bit sad.
0: Any clues over what this year's pigeon's going to be? Can you do a, an audio clue?
1: An audio clue. Okay. Um Ooh. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Ooh, I'm quite old-fashioned looking. Ooh. And I'm a bit mysterious looking. Is it Michael Crawford? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's actually a good guess. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a guest which will be better than listening to us two waffling
0: it certainly will be
1: bye